Welcome back, everybody, to Conversion to Christ podcast, where we dive into many different subjects about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, we have an awesome episode lined up for you, but before we do that, each episode that we film and record goes up on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, and Facebook and YouTube. Let's get into this next episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Conversion to Christ podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest with us, and you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hello, my name is Samantha Torres. I am from California. I met Jackson about a day ago, two days ago. Yeah. A day ago, two days ago. And I was baptized a year ago. I'm really good friends with her cousin, and her cousin's parents <laughs> invited me to share my testimony at their like family home meeting. And then she was there, and I asked her to come on the podcast and share her story because I didn't realize she was baptized only a year ago. Yeah. Um, so she's a convert to the church and her um, uncle and aunt said that she had a really cool story. So I'm excited to hear it today. I literally know nothing about it, but we're here today to, to do that. And also during the conversation, I might just stop you and ask you questions okay. or random stuff. But do you want to just talk about how first, like how you grew up like from the very beginning? Like, were you religious? How was your family like? And then maybe get into the first time you like knew God was real. Yeah. So growing up, my family wasn't religious. My dad's side of the family was Catholic and my mom's side of the family was non-denominational Christian. So I did my first communion and I was baptized in the Catholic church. Um, I knew there was a God, but we didn't exercise our faith enough and we didn't go to church every Sunday. So here, maybe once or twice we would go for a couple of weeks, but after I was about like 10 maybe or we probably more than that. Um, we just stopped going to church in general. And so just fast forward to my teen years. Um, wait, wait, before you go, was there like, like you said you knew there was a God, but like, yeah. I feel like growing up, I like, I knew there was a God because that was what I was taught. But like, I never had an actual experience where I was like, whoa, like, yeah, no, God I didn't exists. have like, any experience. It's just in a Hispanic household where it's like, oh, God's always watching you or, yeah. You know, like, oh, like, God, please help me find this toy or like, please, like, yep, God, help yep. me. Like, I don't want my mom to get me in trouble. It was just like that. But I didn't pray. I didn't read scriptures. We didn't. We didn't do any of that as a family. Were your your parents weren't that strong either? Or uh, No, no, they didn't enforce it on us and they weren't really into church either. I know my dad's side of the family was pretty Catholic, um, but my dad, he didn't. He wasn't too Catholic. He wasn't strict on it. One experience I had on my mission when teaching Catholics is like they honestly, most of them, I feel like just did it for tradition yeah. rather than like any real belief that like this is the true church on earth. It was more yeah. just like I was born Catholic. I'm going to die Catholic. My parents were Catholic. That's why I'm Catholic. Like, yeah. like is that how you kind of saw it too? Yeah. What I From what I remember going to church, it was just sit down, sing, and then let's go. Yeah. I don't remember anything that really stood out to me or made me feel like, oh, like I love this church. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then you're about to go into when you're a little older than 10, what, what happened? Yeah. So I went through middle school. Everything was fine. High school, I think towards my junior or senior year, my parents split up. My dad did end up leaving the house. And around that time, my older sister moved out and my older brother moved out. They He went to school and my sister moved out with her boyfriend. And so in that apartment was just my mom, my younger brother, and me. And at that time, I 
I was just sitting, you know? I took it as, oh, no one's really watching me. My dad's not here to to get me in trouble and my siblings, my older siblings aren't here to just watch me or what I'm doing. So I just did my own thing. You know, I was going out with friends, I was partying and I was also working. So there were days where I wouldn't go to work and I was, I would just do what I wasn't supposed to be doing. How old were you at this time? Um, I think I was around 16, 17. That I graduated, I think when I was 17 or 18. So is that when your dad left around like when you're 16? Yeah, I think it was around 2019 or 2020. Okay. Yeah. Dang. So, how was that hard for you when you first left? Um, like, were you close? To it him? didn't. I was really close with him. Yeah. Um, for I think the first day, I did cry a bit, but it didn't really actually hit me. Like, oh, my parents are split up. He left. You know. Yeah. Was it like shock? Almost like did it eventually hit you, or you're like, this is real? Like, no, it, it never really hit me. I just moved on. Like, oh, okay, it is what it is. You know, if he wants a relationship with us, he will have one. I've reached out, and sometimes he would reach out, but um, eventually we just didn't keep in touch anymore. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So then from, so you, you said that you, after that point, we're just like, you're partying, you had a job, you're in school, right? Yeah. So did, were there any times during that time where you like were sad or facing like trials in your life? Oh, like, all the time. I always felt like as if something was missing. So in order to like fill that, I would go out I would just go out with my friends and I would do stuff, you know, that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And then I would feel fine. I had my friends and I would come back home and it was the same feeling again, you know? That's, yeah. That's so crazy because in like so many conversion stories or on this podcast, people sharing like their times of struggling and how they just went to try to fulfill their like human needs, right? Yeah. We all have to like fulfill them in some way. And President Nelson, our prophet of the church, said that. Every, all the worldly things, drug, alcohol, sex, any like like um, sin is just a hollow substitute for keeping the commandments of God, right? And yeah. so that's why you see people like so many people addicted to things because mm -hmm. they just keep trying to fulfill like... They're trying to fill that void. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Whatever is missing. Mm -hmm. So do you think you were doing that for a little while? Um, Definitely. I was just trying to distract myself. Um, I was working at Wendy's and I worked there for maybe about two to three years Oh. Yeah. So this was no my senior year. And then after my senior year, I was in school. I was doing it online, but this was the year of the pandemic. So we didn't get a graduation. We didn't get a prom and everything was just online. So I feel like it made it harder for me to stay in school and it was just easier for me to procrastinate. So I worked more and I went out more. And then yeah. eventually I, I finished what I needed to do in school. And then it was time to decide if I wanted to go into nursing. And I know I wanted to go into nursing. I had started a job at a med spa where I was an MA. You know, we worked with aesthetics. And I knew that was the route that I wanted to go into. But I, for some reason, just didn't push for school. Like, I didn't I didn't go into nursing school right away. And I, I just felt like I wanted to do that, but it wasn't the time for me. It was just a weird feeling. So I just kept working. You, you don't know why you didn't go into schooling right away? You just didn't? Yeah, no, I just didn't. Okay. <laughs> but now cool. that I'm baptized and I look back at everything, it just all makes sense, you know? For sure. I see that. Yeah. So when was like the first time you realized God existed? What, or or was meeting the missionaries the first time you realized? Or did you realize God existed before even like have anything to do with our church? No, I, I actually didn't even know this church existed. <laughs> Till about a year ago. What? Uh, yeah. Like I didn't never know heard I of? didn't know anything about Mormons, LDS, polygamy. I didn't know anything. 
I, yeah. What was funny too was in that apartment where I was living with my mom and my younger brother, we had missionaries right in front of us, the door in front of us. And like live that was yeah, their apartment. And we would say hi to them, like they we would just wave and I always thought, who are these guys? Like, why are they so dressed up? Like, they're weird. <laughs> yeah. So we never, like, sit high. Like, to... two guys in yeah, white. We... Yeah. In tags. It yeah. was just always, like, waves and smiles. That's all that was exchanged, but never, like, conversations. And then I remember one time I stopped seeing the guys, and then I would see girls, like, older than me who would come out with bikes and dresses. And I'm like, what are they? Like, I didn't even... I didn't yeah. know who they were. And did, I did remember, you think they're weird? Like, we're like, yeah, these, these yeah. Are, like, what are they doing? I wonder if it, that's like I'm what like, I look lonely. at. That's <laughs> lonely. Because I, I look at, feel like when I see like polygamists with yeah. like old time clothes, yeah. I feel like I'm like, what the freak? Yeah. Like, was that kind of like what you're like? Yeah, it was these, weird. Like, I'm like, what? And I'm over here walking out of my apartment with crop tops and shorts, and they're like all dressed up. And when I look back, I just laugh. Yeah. But I remember the girls had put um, postcards on their door with Jesus Christ on them, and me and my mom were coming out of the hallway and we walked by their door and we grabbed one and we ran and we still have those pictures i i found that picture and i keep it in my bible no way and on the back of it it says lds that's awesome yeah. dang that's so cool so that was like your kind of first interaction with missionaries yeah like, kind of but i didn't know who they were yeah i just thought yeah. there was some weird like yeah did you know they were always you know like religion, looking though? at back at each other like when they were coming out of the parking lot they never they talked like, to you though about the gospel no never Come on, missionaries out there. <laughs> Talk to your neighbors. Gosh. Me and my okay. brothers would laugh because they would like guide each other out of the parking spot. <laughs> and now I understand why they do that. That's so funny. I'm yeah. sure we get made fun of so much by people who don't know that that's like a rule. Like we have to, it's called backing. We have to back up our, our companion who's yeah. driving. <laughs> we always used to make a joke on the mission that like, we're not going to marry a girl who doesn't back us. That's funny. So That's you might funny. hear that on the mission, but um, okay, cool. So then from that point on, were you still like partying and like doing things that you felt didn't make you happy? Oh, yeah, I was still doing it up until um, fast forward. My mom met my stepdad, who I call my dad now. He they met each other at the gym. They eventually got married and we moved in. And Gilbert grew up in this church. He went on his mission. What's his name? Gilbert. Gilbert. Gilbert okay. Rodriguez. Shout out to Gilbert. I love him. Okay. And he went on his mission in Washington. Um, there were times where at the house, the sisters that I, like they've mentioned it before, like the sisters would come and they would knock and they would ask for his son, Jose, who's my stepbrother. Mm. And they would drop off cookies, but we never knew. We would ask him, who were they? He's like, oh, nobody. And like, he would just leave the cookies. And, no way. Yeah, we would really eat them. Anything? Yeah. But I remember... Um, we moved in and it was one day where we all sat down in Jose's room and he had this packet in his hands. Who, he was Jose? Like, yeah, my stepbrother. And he's like, you know, I don't know what I should do. Like, And I was asking him, like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? We had just moved in and he was saying, yeah, like, I'm going to go away for two years. And, you know, I just want to make my parents proud and my family and I don't know what to do. And I told him, like, why are you leaving for two years? I'm like, do not do that. I, t I told him, like, we just moved in. You're going to miss out on everything. And he didn't end up going on his mission. Oh, you didn't you didn't know that he was No, I didn't know what a mission, a mission was. No, like, just... I didn't know what a mission was. I still at this point didn't know about this church. And so I look back and I'm like, I probably shouldn't have said that because he would have been on his mission. 
You think so? Yeah. You think that if you wouldn't have said that, he would have been on one right now? I definitely. And I feel like Jose still has a lot of potential to go on one. And I'm hoping that he will. Okay. Before we continue your story, how have you been able to like relate that to God's plan? Like, cause that's, a, I mean, if you truly believe in your heart, like if I wouldn't have said that, he would have gone. Like, do you think it's still God's plan? What What's happened so far? Oh, all of it is. Yeah. Um, Gilbert, when we were married, they were inactive. They, Gilbert wasn't going to church as of what I know. And well, yeah, he wasn't because I don't remember him going to church on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until his nephew was coming back, Kyle, from his mission from Vegas. And they invited us to their homecoming. But I, I didn't go because I had work. And then Kyle was actually the one that sent us the missionaries. But that was like years later. Oh, no way. Yeah. So a couple of years later, maybe like a year or two. Okay. So for Jose's case, like, do you feel like in your heart, you like, you're the actual reason why he's like not there? Do you think, cause like we all have free agency, we all yeah. have the decision to like choose God's plan or not. Do you think, I mean, think about it now, like look where you're at. You could be like a maybe way bigger influence. Mm -hmm than just like back in the day when you didn't even know about the gospel and yeah. you just said one sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's at least what I, I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just put myself in his shoes. I feel like if I had just, you know, started a new family, yeah, I wouldn't maybe go on my mission and I would just stay with my siblings and see what happens. But I know everything is in God's plans and I know I probably wasn't the full reason why he went on his mission, but I do feel like it, that's on me thinking that. I feel like maybe I am part of the reason or at least a small bit. But I know everything is in God's plan, and if if whenever Jose is ready to go on his mission, he'll go on his mission. Yeah, I think also too, you didn't know, so you can't yeah, be no, like I didn't know. You can't be like held accountable. But for, I know that if I did know what a mission was, I would tell him to go for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so good about it is I think I I would be honest with you. I don't think it's your fault at all because you didn't know you were doing mm -hmm. that, and like even if that is the case, like. No one should ever blame you for something you didn't even know what, what you were talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, no, he no, he never blames me. I just feel like I should have supported it, but that well, was just well. That's me. okay. You can yeah. live to the future now, and and now, yeah. Start, you know, be really. You are you are being an insane example to him, I'm mm -hmm. sure, and to so many others that are close to you. Because think about it, you're like you're baptized now, you're going on a mission. That's yeah. like ginormous. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so let's go into like when you first like started feeling the spirit when you first like actually started changing your life towards like maybe maybe even facetime where you're like dang i i'm not happy like yeah. i don't like the way i'm living like did that yeah. ever happen to you oh that happened all the time but i just still did the things i was doing why um, why do you think you continued it because like, i was bored i didn't know what to do i wanted to still fill that void i don't know it was just silly stuff and i just felt like oh it's fun i'm just gonna continue doing it you know i've done that too yeah it, like we, we we as humans like learn that like no matter how many times we try the same thing, it'll never fulfill it. Yeah. Like, and the sad thing is, is like, but we keep doing it because we're just like weak, mm -hmm. simple beings that aren't perfect. And we just keep like, well, that's actually the definition of like a, a psychopath is like, you keep doing the same thing and trying to expect a different outcome. Yeah. We're psychopaths. Yeah. Ba <laughs> just, as, as humans, basically like we're, we're kind of crazy for just trying no, to do yeah. the same things. And because I didn't know, I feel like it's more deep than I, what I really thought. I, not in a way I didn't like to, I, I don't want to say I liked to be sad, but like, it's, it's like, I knew I was going to be sad when I got home, 
So I already knew what I was going to do after that, if that makes sense. No, that doesn't that make makes sense. sense. No, I don't think. I mean, so like, like for example, you you already knew you're going to be sad. So like doing those things even made it maybe even a tiny I liked, bit better. I like, like to make myself the victim to myself. Explain that. that. What does that mean? Like I like to victim myself, victimize myself, but oh, only to myself. Yeah. Like I wouldn't tell people, oh, I'm sad. I'm depressed. No, like I would just go into my room and I would just stay there and I wouldn't do anything uh-huh. about it. I would just stay sad. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, when was the first time that instead of just doing the same thing over and over again, you finally were like, okay, I've, I've realized I've been sad this whole time and I don't like my life, but this time I want to change. Like, did you, when did that hit? That wasn't until like the 10th lesson with the elders. Whoa. Yeah. The 10th? Yeah. Around there. So um, I think a year later from when we first moved in with Gilbert or two, I'm not sure about the timeline, we moved into a different area. It was near like West Hills around the California area. And that was when the missionaries were sent over. And the first time that the missionaries came in, I was in my room and my mom told me to come outside because we had guests. So I walked out That's and awesome. I see two of the like the guys that I, I thought to myself, look, these are like the guys that lived in front of us. I'm like, what's going on? I was like, am I getting arrested right now? Like, I was like, what did I was like, what did I do? Like, I thought I, we were all in trouble. But I sat down and they said that they just wanted to share a message and that it was their P day. It was a Monday? Yeah. Yeah. When I. What? So Elder Stancliffe and Elder Nelson were the first um, missionaries that knocked on our door. And Elder Stancliffe had told me that that was their P day and that they had a call. Like Kyle had called them and he was like, no, I don't want to answer. Like it's my P day. Like I'm not going to answer this. But he eventually ended up answering and Kyle told him that he had a family for them. And he said that. On his P day that day, like after P day was over, he, they had three lessons and they all canceled back to back. So he said, "Okay, like let's just visit this family then." And Kyle's then, your cousin? Yes, he's my cousin now. Okay. And so they walked in and they said they had a a message to share and that they would like to set a an appointment where they had more time and we set it up for the next day. And so they walked out and they left and I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was sitting there looking at my parents like, what are you guys trying to do? Like, we didn't grow up with religion. So I looked at my mom and I was like, why are you trying to force this onto us? You know, and I I was just so angry and upset with her and I felt so annoyed. I'm like, we have never been a religious family and I'm not trying to change my ways and I'm not trying to be a nun, you know? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so her and my dad just shared with us that they wanted us to grow a better relationship with heavenly father and they felt like this is what we needed as a family and my mom just shared with me that like she she felt that this is what we needed and that this would be good and visiting gilbert's family she she loved how she felt and she saw that everyone was happy and so she told me too in my room that i wasn't going to be forced into anything that if i wanted to come out in the room like and to listen to them tomorrow that I can do whatever I want. And so I said, okay. And she left and I said, I'm not going out there. (laughs) I'm not going to listen to them. I don't want to listen to them. In the first message, you were just like, what the frick? Like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) No, they just said that they wanted to share some stuff. Like they introduced themselves and and their church. Yeah, no. Oh, they just rescheduled. Yeah. And so the next day came and I was in my room and they had come and my mom knocked on the door and she was like, okay, like you can come out now. And I told her I'm not going out there. And she's like, you come out here. And I'm like, no. Like, and, and so I pretended to sleep. And then she, she 
she came back into my room and she was so, she was so upset. She was so mad. And, you know, it's kind of hard to do what you want when you have a Hispanic mother. And so <laughs> I, I was scared. So I went out there and I just sat down on the couch and they shared their first message with us and they invited us to read the Book of Mormon. And and that's when it all started. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> like, yeah. who's Mormon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? So then... The first actual message, you felt the same. You were like, I yeah, don't want to be here. Like, yeah, no. I felt the same. And then they would stop by again. Like, we have lessons with the elders every Thursday. It was always every Thursday at 6.30. So every Thursday they would come and they would invite us to do something, invite us to pray or read, and I wouldn't do it. We would all just say, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, then yeah. we would not do it. And then they would come back. But would they ask you, like, did you do it? Yeah. Would you say yes? I would or? stay quiet. You just don't say They would ask yes. my siblings and they would say yeah. But when they would come to me and ask me, I'd say uh, no. Or I would lie <laughs> and I would say yes, I did. But I didn't. <laughs> For a really long time, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. And so before this point, before we continue, were there any times that you had felt God existed? Like where you actually had an experience with him? Or the Savior or the Spirit? No. Okay, so you like, it was just because of tradition. Like you were just like, I was I was raised to learn, or I was raised to know God exists and God exists kind of thing, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. What? Okay, so then. But it was just, it was more of something like they taught us. It wasn't tradition because we, we really just didn't go to church. It was just something yeah, we knew. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So like rather than tradition, it was just like, like that's what they, like your parents believed in God, right? Yeah. And so. They taught their kids that. Cool. So next from that point, how were the next, like, I guess, seven lessons before that 10th lesson? Like, same thing? Just There was a, a lesson. I think it was around the 10th lesson. I'm not sure. But they had invited a guest over, and he was really good friends with them. And he just basically shared his testimony. And he invited us to pray and to just sit quiet and just feel the spirit. And that's when I sat there. I think they had read a scripture. They shared a message. And I sat there and it just felt so weird. It was like a, a peace that had come over me and it felt good. And that was, that was the first time that I actually paid attention. And I was like, okay, like this is legit. Because the, the speaker was looking at me right in the eye. So I had to pay attention. I couldn't ignore him. But even before this, or especially in that lesson, you know, looking at the elders, they, they're so excited to share a message. You know, you can feel it in them and you can see them glow and they're just excited to share the gospel. And before I was baptized, I thought they were weird for them. Like, why are they trying not to force us, but why are they so excited to teach people? You know, yeah. I didn't feel the love for Heavenly Father yet, so I didn't understand that. Yeah. And so I would just stare at them and I was like, they're so happy, like, I want to be happy like that, you know? Yeah. I want to feel that happiness and I want to be at peace. And so after that lesson, um, I that's when I first felt comfortable. And then after that, I did pray. I didn't receive an answer, but I felt good praying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I prayed alone. And then I read, I think, no just way. the beginning of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, like the introduction. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel anything. <laughs> Yeah. But at least I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I think sometimes like people expect like when they pray for the first time or read for the first time, they're going to get this like yeah. big like flash of God in their face. But 
Like, if that's how it worked, then everyone would be a part of the church because yeah. they would just have it right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I've noticed. Um, I feel like throughout my whole com- like conversion story, I've noticed that in order to find your answer or or to receive an answer or just personal revelation, you have to go into it with an open heart, you know? And at the beginning, I was going into it like, okay, God has to talk to me. He's going to show me something. He's going to show me a sign, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't going into it with pure intent. I was just looking for to see if he was going to show me something. Yeah. So that's why I feel like maybe those times it didn't work. <laughs> no, for sure. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Do you think during those lessons, were your family members on a different page than you? Like, were they super excited receiving answers? Like, Yeah, so my stepdad was reading the scriptures all the time with my mom. We, I think, did family home weaving like a couple of times. Um, my younger brother, he... My, well, my brothers, Jose and Isaac, they they would sit there with me and we would all just nod our head yes. But I didn't ask them if they were actually like reading the Book of Mormon or if they had prayed. We never talked about it outside yeah. of the lessons with the elders now that I look back <clears throat> at it. We didn't have like conversations with each other. It Dang. was like the elders would come and that was a lesson and then everyone just go back to their rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, you but you would see your parents reading sometimes together? or Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would hear them reading scriptures together at night thing yeah that's freaking cool i i think it's cool that your parents were doing it because like why would you guys do it if your parents weren't following like the invitation so that's like super cool to me so then from you felt that peace and you kind of noticed the elders were like all happy to share a message Mm -hmm. what's funny is on the mission you'll get so many people being like for one you're doing this you're you're talking about jesus and you're paying to come do this? Like, you're not getting paid? Like I, didn't, I still didn't know what a mission was until my baptism. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, like, I knew there were missionaries, but I didn't know that I was able to go on a mission. Oh, my god. Yeah, we didn't talk about missions in general. I just knew that they were missionaries. So what was your image of the missionaries then? Did you think they were just, like, selected, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, from... I just thought they were there. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think deep into why they were there or or why they were sharing messages or where they lived or if there's more like them. I didn't know. <laughs> I and I didn't I feel like I I just didn't I wanna ask. Yeah. Is is it like crazy to you that you're gonna become one of those yeah. weird freaking yeah. those weirdos that you thought were <laughs> Yeah, you spoiled it. Oh. <laughs> okay, well let's continue your story. So so from from you feeling that peaceful moment, explain like your conversion story to baptism like why when did what made you want to be baptized yeah so i was still going through a tough time during the times that the elders were coming it was more of a personal problem i wasn't happy with myself i wasn't happy with how i looked and where i was at and my job was becoming toxic as well so i just wasn't in a good place and i would look forward to the thursdays when the elders would come and i would feel that peace and i just love that they were always happy and my mom would make them dinner and eventually my siblings and i got really close we grew closer to the to the missionaries and they were like our family now and so i loved the lessons and we I, at least for me i started reading the scriptures more and i started praying more and and just going into it more so you're reading the scriptures more, you're praying more. Yeah. Like, do you felt do you feel like the spirit just like slowly? Yeah, it was slowly coming to like, me. Yeah. I feel like for me it was different than how it was for my siblings. Um, I slowly went into it. If you were to ask my family if I were going to be baptized, they would have said no. I would be what? the last person 
for them to say that was going to be baptized. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was surprised. I even surprised myself. And so I just started feeling more peace and I loved when they would come. And then the day finally came where the elders asked us if we wanted to set a date for the baptism. And I was the first one to say yes. And really? so I, yeah, I, 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 I like paused and I looked over to them, to my family. And then I looked at them and I was like, yeah. And then they were like, they were like kind of shocked. They're like, oh. Like and the so, elders? Yeah. <laughs> no way. I feel like not shocked that we would be baptized because they always told me that they knew we were going to be baptized. But I feel like because I would, I said yes first. Yeah. Maybe. That's just what I think. Yeah. But then I looked over at my brother and my mom and my mom said, yeah, you know, if you guys want to be baptized, let's do it. So my brother's birthday was August 26th. And he said that he wanted to go into his 17th year as a new person. So we set our baptismal date for August 27th of 2022 no way yeah so is there like a specific time where you had asked heavenly father like is this true no (laughs) no way so it's just straight off of like feelings i don't know what happened like my mind went blank and i turned i was like yeah i just said yes it just felt right like Like maybe the spirit took over me honestly though i (laughs) it could have i just said yes i felt like it was the right thing to say like i surprised myself but i i didn't regret my decision and i I wasn't going to say no. I knew eventually I was going to say yes. Because I was I was starting to feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I, I, so one thing I strongly believe in is who we were in the pre-mortal life. And I believe everything you've gone through is no coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think, I think because you, right now you want to serve the Lord, you want to do everything you can for the Lord, and you feel the most peace with him. I think you were the same in the pre-mortal life. You I've always ex- like eternally existed this way because I ask people like, why, why don't other people turn out like you? Like, why don't people randomly just say yes to baptism? Like when they don't even know why they're saying it. And I believe it's because that's who we were in the pre-mortal life. Like mm-hmm. you wanted to do the things you're doing now. I don't think it's just random that like you got lucky to follow God and some people didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and that's how I explain those experiences of like, I don't really know why, but like, I just did it. And like, I, I believe it's pre-mortal life. I, I believe you were. Yeah. I just. I went for it. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense though? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I, that's at least what I believe because I, for example, I was really far away from the gospel, like really far away. And oh, I was too. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, how are we here right now? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I always tell people like my life, it took a whole 360 turn. If you were to ask me before August that I, if I, if I thought I would have gotten baptized or gone on a mission, I would have said no. I would have said, mm-hmm. you're crazy. Why would I do that? Yeah. Like I don't see myself doing that. I was a completely different person. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, would you ever thought you'd be on a podcast in an LDS podcast in a basement? Like, no. Yeah, no way, right? That's crazy. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I've, and then I look back and I just, you know, I'm glad that I'm changing and I, I'm just so happy that I'm going on my mission and I can't wait to see the person that I become. You know, hundred percent. Just before being baptized, I was a person that I didn't want to be. You know, and I just thought that I was doing what I what I needed to do. And, you know, I've hurt people, people have hurt me and I definitely regret it. And that's just, you know, I'm not going to say it happens because it didn't happen to everyone, but it did happen to me. And now I'm just happy that I have the gospel in my life. And I firmly believe that it's all in God's plan. And he has a plan for everybody because I mean, who, who would have known that the two guys who lived in front of us in that apartment would be baptizing me? Like two guys like them. That's crazy. And then I would be one of the girls on a bike. But yeah, I'm not gonna right. ride a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, you'd be one of the girls with the long dresses. Yeah, who I am gonna be. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. So 
I have two questions. Did you start to notice when you like met with the missionaries, reading, praying, that it was you could start stopping some of the things that you were doing that were making you sad or like Oh yeah, so I forgot to mention that. Um after my first lesson I stopped doing everything that I was doing. Really? Yeah, so why? Why? anything that had to do with the word of wisdom, I I stopped. Why though? Like what what why because you didn't like the first <laughs> lesson, so like why did you stop? <laughs> I stopped because I don't know. I just kind of felt bad. I mean, that's. I feel awesome. bad for myself. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, they're my age. They're happy. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And so I just stopped doing everything. What? Yeah. That, that's so interesting because you were like annoyed that they were there. But yeah. then like, you were like, well, like. Yeah, it was like, it's it's been a really back and forth process for me. Yeah. Dang. That's really cool though that. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, why did you do that? Like, I don't think a lot of people just do that. Even like they're yeah. annoyed that the missionary's over, but then out of nowhere, they just start quitting like, yeah. what we're not supposed to do. I feel like, like I just wanted to feel better for myself. And I knew, I knew deep down that I didn't want to accept it, but I knew deep down that this is what I needed to do. I needed to stop what I was doing and I needed to better myself and that this was a way out of the dark place that I had put myself in. Yeah. Did you, before that point, did you always feel bad for doing those things? Like in your heart? No. <laughs> Yo, so that was like maybe the first time that I felt recognized? bad. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Because we didn't grow up with the word of wisdom or, mm-hmm. or any of the other covenants. We, yeah. we just, or any commandments. We didn't grow up with that. And so when I saw them and, you know, I saw what they were doing and how happy they were. And I'm like, well, I'm their age. Why am not, why am I not happy like that? You yeah. know? Yeah, so I just Yo, stopped. That's so cool that you recognized it for yeah. the first. Like it was like your first time when they came over and shared the gospel and that brought the spirit. Like that's probably the first time like the spirit like had the chance to touch mm-hmm. you where you're like, I don't feel good. Yeah. Like doing these things and I shouldn't be doing them. Like yeah, and I've always been the type of person to just go to myself for anything. Um, what do you mean, like? Like if I was having a bad day or if I was having a hard time, like. I didn't go to my siblings to share how I was feeling if I was feeling sad or stuff. I would just do, I would just continue to do what I was doing. You wouldn't rely on anyone else? You just like... No, I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know? I see. So tell me about your baptism day. How was my, that? <laughs> my baptism day, I woke up so excited. It was the first time that I wore a church dress. That's awesome. So I was so excited. I'm not sure if I... No, I went to my ward after I got baptized, I think. I walked in or maybe it was before. What do you mean? Like but, you like I when I walked into our home ward for the first time, I was wearing jeans and a shirt. Okay. I, so I remember they sat me down in Young's Women's and in their class for second hour and I was staring at all of them and they were all just so nice to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it and I was like, oh, okay. And and then that had nothing to do with my baptism, but Anyways, going back to my baptism no, but that's day, awesome. yeah, um, I was excited. It was my first time wearing like this like church dress, and uh, it was the first time I saw my brother like in a suit. And you know, we were just so excited, and we walked into the chapel, and right to chapel, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we walked into the chapel, and I see so many people. I see so many people from my ward, and so yeah, I've visited my ward before actually yeah. before I got baptized obviously. And so I walk in and I see my family from Utah. I see my sister there with her boyfriend, which made me so happy. And I see 
all the members from my ward that I didn't even know to. I, so many people went to our baptism. I got a lot of people telling me afterwards that they had never seen that many pr- people at a baptism. That's so cool. Yeah, and so I, I looked at everybody and I just felt so happy. And I wasn't crying at that moment. And then I, I said hi to everyone and me and my mom like tried on the white jumpsuits and we started taking pictures with the elders. And then it was just time for us to get baptized. So we sat down and before it even started, my mom was already crying. And cause we got baptized the three of us together. Okay. And so I look at my mom and she's already crying. And then I turn to my left and I look at Isaac and I, and we laugh and I just made fun of her and I told him, look, she's already crying. And then they did the first hymn and they made like the announcements and their talks and it was time for us to go into the baptismal font. And then Isaac walks up and I start crying. I was bawling. I feel like Isaac holds a special place in my heart because like when we lived in that apartment, it was always me and Isaac. That's my younger brother's name and so when i saw him up there i just realized like we're about to be new people you know like this is the first step of leaving my past behind and just becoming a new person and so he walks up there and he gets baptized and then it's my turn so i walk up there and i'm like so nervous i can't feel my legs and i like i I stand there and then the elder like ducks me in the water and i i come back up and i just i stand there just staring at the wall and uh, I've said it before, I felt like that feeling was like the Savior was hugging me with a warm blanket. And so then I I was just processing everything. I didn't look at anybody. And then I I walked out and I, and I hurried up because my mom, it was my mom's turn. So then I watched her get baptized and then I met her in the bathroom and we were just so happy. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you feel? Like, can you explain how you felt other than like... Did you feel clean? Did you feel I feel like- I felt so clean. I felt like so much weight was off my shoulders, you know? Like I repented and I made promises and I made promises to keep the covenants and I knew that this was only the first step to go closer to my heavenly Father. And I just felt so much relief. And I knew that I wasn't going to regret this decision, especially having made that decision with my sibling and my mom. It felt great to be baptized with them. And I I feel like it's really important to have support. I feel like if I didn't have support from family or ward members or or have been baptized with my family, I wouldn't have done it. I feel like support is a really big thing, especially for my age. And I remember that night I threw my whole closet away. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I threw all my crop tops. I threw all my shorts away. It was, it was, it wasn't a hard decision for me. I feel like a lot of people, my mom was the most shocked about that, but I just felt like I, I didn't want to be me anymore. I didn't want to dress the way I was dressing anymore. You know, there would be times where I would, but not as frequently as I was before. Do you think it was just because of how powerful that experience was? You like, we're done with your baptism. You're like, this is way better than anything I've ever done. Yeah, no, the the spirit was so strong that day. Yeah, and I, I, it's that day I had, I didn't even think about anything that I did before. I wasn't thinking about that and I wasn't thinking about what was to come or what I had done in the past. I was just living in the moment and I was just enjoying that feeling and, and just f- taking in the spirit and all the emotions I was feeling with my family. That's so cool. 
I'm so excited for you to go on a mission because being on the other side of it, like you're gonna you're gonna just like you're gonna feel that same yeah. spirit again of of baptism of seeing people change their lives to be part of the gospel and it's like it's it's the happiest I've ever been in my entire mm-hmm. life is is serving and helping others grow closer to Jesus Christ. There was a lot of elders at our baptism and the. LA Santa Monica mission presidents actually came to my baptism. And yeah, so the elders that baptized me, they introduced me to them. And that's when I first knew what a mission was. Uh, That's when I got first, I was first introduced to a mission and like a missionary and the mission presidents. And I just remember them looking at me straight in the eye and I just got like a warm feeling. I'm like, wow, like I don't even know who they are. And they came to my baptism. Like people were telling me that it's a big thing to baptize a family you know, and yeah. to, for especially for someone our age to be baptized, to leave everything that you did in the past. And I feel like it's easier, not easier to be baptized here in Utah, but I feel like in California, it's, it's harder for someone my age to leave everything that they were doing behind and just turn everything away and just focus on the Savior. I feel like especially now in our generation – and living in California, and now I see why everyone was telling me that it was rare to do that, you know, and to be baptized and and to just change the way I, I act or what I did or how I dressed. And so when I was introduced into a mission, what, what to what a mission was or a missionary, I I was like, I want to, I would kind of want to be a missionary, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so then that passed and. I got confirmed. We got confirmed at our ward. And then I remember the elders invited us to the visitor center at the temple in Santa Monica where they have new member devotionals every last Sunday of the month. And I heard speakers giving their conversion stories. And I walked in and I see all of these missionaries. I see all the sisters and all the elders and they're also happy like helping people out and they all have their tags and the sisters look so pretty and cute and they're just all there like sharing the same thing which is the love for our heavenly father and and it was just something I had never seen that before. It was totally different because I'm used to seeing everyone my age do something else at a party. Yeah. And then I walk into this place and it's everyone doing the complete opposite. It's like helping others. Yeah. Like no selfishness like yeah that's so cool yeah and then i walked <laughs> i walked out of there saying like, i want to serve a mission and i remember <laughs> i was telling i told my parents i was like i want to serve a mission and they started crying they started crying <laughs> yeah we were in the truck leaving and i t- had told them and and my parents started crying that's so yeah. freaking cute that's so awesome no way so you how how soon after was that when you wanted to serve a mission? Like, how soon did you know? Were you just like the day of or like um, the week? When was that? After my baptism. So after your baptism. Yeah, probably maybe. I'm not sure the time frame, but it was right after. Like, you're like, I Yeah, wanna... I just never said it out loud. It was always in my head. Yeah. But I knew that I was going to serve one. I knew that I wanted to serve one. But it's always like people, people told me and people warned me about the adversary. Mm-hmm. And let me just say that the adversary attacks you so much. And there's always going to be temptations everywhere. No matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, it's always going to be there. And you just have to be strong enough to not give into it. And, you know, there was times where I went back and forth and I said, I'm not going to serve a mission. I'm not going to do this. And I and I, I don't want to continue in the church. This is 
dumb or like this is not how I used to be, yeah. you know, but eventually I would just take a step back and I realized why I got baptized and I didn't let it take over me. Yeah. That, well, that's so funny. That's exactly my next question for you. Were there times where, because in most conversion stories that I hear, there's always a time where either before something big happens in our life, like for example, a baptism or serving a mission, Satan knows what you're about to do. He knows you're about to make one of the most important decisions of your life. Baptism can be one or serving a mission can be another. So have you? did you experience the adversary, Satan, just like, attacking you either before baptism or especially since throughout this time like you just explained like um satan didn't attack me before my baptism it was after okay. it was way after especially when i started my mission paper process um i think i was six six to seven months in as being a member and i had started my mission paper process yeah and nothing was working out the way that i wanted it to but I know that, you know, it's not my plan. It's God's plan. Yeah. But during that time, um, the adversary was there. I'd have thoughts where I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not even going to be a good missionary or I'm a convert. I don't know anything. I didn't grow up in the church. So why am I going to serve a mission? I'm not going to be a good missionary. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Satan was working on you. Yeah. You know, not only that, but with people who were in my life back then too. And, and you know, just situations where I was put in where I had to make the decision, like, am I going to go back to how I was or am I going to continue on on the path? And, you know, I didn't I didn't choose the bad the wrong way. I, I continued on the path. And especially with my mission, um, I before I got my mission call, it took me a while to to receive my mission call. And in between that time of waiting for my call, I was getting so frustrated I was like, why am I not getting my call? It was supposed to be two weeks and it's been almost a month. Why am I not <laughs> yeah. doing this? You know, and yeah. my stepdad would tell me, well, you know what? Like God knows when he's going to send you on this mission and there's people that are going to be waiting for you. And God knows the people that you are going to help and serve. And now is not the time. And it just took, it was just so hard for me to hear that because I just wanted to leave. You know, I was yeah. on a spiritual high where I was like, okay, I'm going to put in my mission papers. I'm going to leave at this time and then I'm going to serve and then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to do this. And it was just not, it was just frustrating. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Dang. So you felt Satan's temptations, especially when you started your mission papers, right? Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. So how did you overcome not falling back into old habits? Or falling back into your old life? Like what helped you overcome that temptation? Um, I started new habits. You know, one of them was going to the gym. I just started doing other things. And then I started a new job. So in my ward, um, there's some special person in my ward. Her name is Sister Olsen, who at one enrichment night, was a Wednesday. I had gone with Relief Society and they were making apple pies and I came into my scrubs because it was after work and Sister Olsen walks up to me and she's like what do you do she's like pointing at me and I was like I'm an MA she's like okay well we're gonna have to talk because I'm gonna need an MA soon and I was like okay but it was good because I I already wanted to leave my job and I remember I had left my job and I was at the gym one morning and she calls me she had asked everyone for my number and she said that she wanted to set up an interview and I started the job with with Sister Olsen and she has been a very, very important person for me on 
on this new path in my life because she's always been she's been guiding me and she's helping me and she's been giving me advice and she's honestly like a second mother to me you know my mom didn't grow up in the church so the type of advice that annette would give me my mom wasn't able to give me you know me and my mom were both newly converts we were going through this together and we both had the same questions and the same thoughts or maybe just different doubts but anytime i had a question annette made it obvious that I can go to her for anything and you know I feel like in order for me to have overcome the temptations that were there I I needed support so I went to people that that I knew were going to help me and would just give me the advice that I needed because I didn't know who to go to and that's why I'm so grateful for my ward because my ward has been an amazing amazing ward you know I love my bishop and my stake president especially all the sisters there like it's that support that helped me stay on the path. And I feel like if I would have been alone and not had been baptized with my family, I I would have strayed away for sure and not even have been baptized. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's why you as a missionary, this is some advice I'll give you. As a missionary, if someone is getting baptized because they love you, then they won't stay very strong because you're going to leave. Missionaries leave and they come and go and mm-hmm. they have to know it's true, but they also have to get close to the ward because... yeah. Or, and you also have to have a willing ward to be loving towards yeah. those that are coming in. You know what I mean? Because yeah. missionaries are going to leave and they can't rely on the missionaries for forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, our ward is very welcoming. I, I absolutely love them and I am so grateful for them because they they believed in me and they believed in my, my brother and my mom and they welcomed us with open arms and they just accepted us for who we are. You know, they didn't judge us. They didn't judge me walking in with jeans and converse yeah so how how is your family right now like are they all as strong as you right now um no so after being baptized um i wasn't as strong as the beginning as my younger brother was isaac he started going to seminary right away he was going to seminary every morning you know reading and we would get told that he would sit straight up in class and he was such a good example and he would show up in his suits and he would just dress up really well and you know he would read his scriptures and share how he felt and like just share how how happy he felt and how amazing it was and and my mom you know she was she was also strong um after a bit of time you know, Gilbert started getting closer to Heavenly Father as well, you know, just starting his new path over again and and reading scriptures with us. And so was Jose. And then after a bit of time, you know, Jose and Isaac strayed away a bit. And, you know, they're still apart from the church. And, you know, whatever they decide and whatever they think, you know, that's on them. And I told, I've, I've always told Isaac and Jose, you know, to truly receive your answer, you have to have an open heart because that's how I've received mine. And ever since I had been baptized, I didn't receive answers before I was baptized. I had feelings, but it was afterwards when I truly went to Heavenly Father with an open heart and I've received my answers. I've received a lot of personal revelations and a lot of crazy experiences that I've had. And I, I want to share that with them, you know, and it's like, the iron rod, you know, I took hold of that iron rod and I I stayed holding it. And I feel like they, they got lost and they let go in that path, like somewhere, yeah. somewhere near that. And, you know, right now they're not as strong as me or, you know, it is what it is. But my mom, she actually set a date for her endowment. So she'll be going through the oh. temple before I leave. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. So, 
that's amazing but going back to your two brothers do you know like what it like if for example someone listening like i'd love them to hear like what what did they those two do that caused them to lose their path on the straight and narrow path like what do you know what happened to them that made them um, stray away they looked on the internet <laughs> I remember when we were, yeah, when we were first baptized, everyone told us, like, if you want to look for your answers, look in the Bible, look in the Book of Mormon, don't look online, don't search for your answers online, because there's always going to be anti-Mormon mm -hmm. people and anti-Mormon topics, and they had looked online, from what I know, this is what I gathered from it, they looked online, and, you know, they saw some stuff, and, you know, some, I like, I don't know what they saw or what they thought, but I feel like some people's faith is just stronger than others and some people are able to just look at things a different way. So if I were to look at a video, well, because I, after I was baptized, I watched a lot of anti-Mormon videos, but mm -hmm. I love watching them because I... Does it strengthen your testimony? It strengthens my testimony yeah. of, yeah. and I and I watch it and I'm like, okay, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not true. And it's usually people who haven't read the Book of Mormon or haven't found answers for themselves, and and I knew that what they were saying isn't true, but someone else could have a weaker mind and just, you know, be influenced by other people. I am not influenced by other people. I feel like I have my own, you know, testimony, my own faith, and I don't let anybody ruin that or, you know, just make less of that. And I feel like they... They're also, Isaac's also younger. Um, he's in track and cross country and, you know, he's an amazing runner. He won city champion and that right now is his main focus and there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. I told him, I asked him like, what are your questions? What are your doubts? And he told me and I didn't have answers for him. You know, I am a convert. I, I couldn't just pull out my book of Mormon and whip out a scripture, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and I fair. just told him, you know, the questions that you have, I have also had, but what I just pray about it. And I know as a convert, it's really annoying for people to tell you, just pray about it because we, <laughs> we didn't grow up religious. So we had a question, just pray about it. And, and I'm, I'm over here like, no, I want an answer. I'm not going to yeah, pray about it. Yeah, yeah. And so I told him, I'm like, I know that it's annoying for us, but honestly, just really just pray about it. <laughs> I told yeah. him because when I pray, I receive my answer. I receive guidance and I just told him he has to have an open heart and that whatever path he chooses to take, I'll still love him and to still have an open heart about it, to have his mind open and that the Book of Mormon is always going to be there and he has the rest of his life to figure it out. You know, mm -hmm. some people's faith are are stronger than others in different times and you know some people hold on to that iron rod stronger than others you know the adversary takes over some people stronger than others some people know how to run away from it and just avoid it and some people don't yeah yeah that's very very true dang yeah i think it's so we were talking before this podcast started when you were saying that um you watch a lot of anti-mormon videos mm -hmm. but it strengthens your testimony because you're like oh this is false or yeah and i think what's cool is you said something where you're like well whatever they're saying has nothing to do with the teachings of the church it's just people like imperfect people making imperfect decisions so that shouldn't be related to the teachings mm -hmm. right um and i i like give her a fist bump i was like freaking best convert ever because i mean having that attitude of 
being baptized and saying, I'm not going to let any person affect my beliefs and how I felt because you're going to hear your whole life until you die. You're going to hear bad things Mm -hmm. about anything you do. Even if you're in the Catholic church, if you're in our church, if you're doing anything, people are going to say like, they're going to point fingers and you're going to hear so many anti stuff about what you believe in. So, um, I think it's also important. Like this is just one thing to talk about real quick, but people, if like when people get baptized and they develop their testimony, they develop it on the savior, Jesus Christ, the spirit book of Mormon, um, that the book of Mormon is true. Right. And if we know if that's true, then Joseph Smith was a prophet. And we know those like solid things in our heart, but then like little stuff, like anti-Mormon little stuff they find online somehow leads them away. Yeah. I don't understand how if the primary reasons, like the big reasons we know it's true, but then like little secondary reasons lead us away. I think, I don't know what, what would you, what would you say about like some, like I said, I feel like some people just let others people thought influence them more than others. Um, some people care about what other people think. So, you know, like this whole church, I didn't know anything about this church. And then I got baptized and I started not reading into the church, but I, I found out that this church has a history with polygamy, which is not practiced anymore. Nope. <laughs> and so when people would ask about me or like, not ask about me, but ask about like the polygamy and stuff, I, you know, it's, it's, some people are ashamed of that and some people take that to heart and they don't like that people bring up the polygamy, even though it's not practiced anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. they they let it affect them, and I feel like they they get self conscious or or they don't want people coming after them. I think mm-hmm. it just comes down to if your your own faith and your own testimony and your mind and your heart are stronger are strong enough to to not let those that have negative thoughts or feelings affect you. From your baptism till now, how has it been in the church being a member? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I definitely don't regret the decision I made and I'm just so happy that my life is turning out the way it is to be. And I've loved everyone that I've met and, you know, all the support. And I just love the relationship that I've, I've been able to have with our heavenly father. And I know that he loves us and I know that he loves everybody. And I'm just excited to, to serve a mission. And how I said before, you know, like I never understood why the elders were so happy to serve a mission, to want to share the gospel. And now that I have that feeling and I have that happiness and I know that the church is true, you know, I found it out for myself and I want to be able to share that message and I want to be able to share people's lives or I want to be able to change people's lives just like mine was changed and and just be there for them and show them that there is somebody that loves them and they're that they shouldn't feel alone that they shouldn't turn to temptations or 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 stray away from the path in order to fill a void you know heavenly father is always there and i didn't know that at that time yeah. you know i didn't have that testimony and i didn't know that that i could turn to him yeah and then i learned that i could and then i did that's awesome. Is this the happiest you've ever been in your entire life? Oh, definitely. Like easily? Yeah. I'm so excited to to go on a mission and I'm just so excited to be in this church. And I love that there's people my age as well that I'm able to share my story with and I can connect to them on this level. And, you know, yeah. it's just, it's great to have someone to talk to you about this. And like you're, you're going to touch so many people on your mission because you're, 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 some missionaries go out for sometimes not the best reasons and we hope all go out for the right reasons but you're going out because you know 100 mm-hmm. percent 
in your heart, this is what you're supposed to be doing, that this is true, this is the happiest you've ever been in, you want others to find that true happiness yes. too. And like, that's going to touch a lot of people. And I think that's really cool. I think we should do another podcast a year and a half later when you're done and you're just like, oh, that'd be. <laughs> you're like, look at me, this is who I am <laughs> this now. This is me before mission. Yeah, why are you serving a mission? Talk about, talk about it. serving a mission for many reasons. One of them is, of course, to grow my testimony. Um, I feel like, I, I didn't grow up in the church, so I feel like I owe it to myself to take 18 months of my life away from the world and just focus on Heavenly Father and just grow my relationship with Him and, you know, to strengthen my testimony. Not only that, but to grow as a person myself, you know. I feel like I've been told so many times by missionaries that you find yourself on your mission. And I am so excited for that. I'm so excited to see the the woman I become and, you know, not only for myself, but the example I can be to my family and friends who are not members or who are members and are having a tough time with the gospel and, and for my future partner. And not only that, but I'm excited to change the lives of people just like mine was, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so stoked for you. Yeah. Okay, last thing, I want you to give your advice to... Anyone listening who may be in your same situation or someone who's deciding whether or not the church is true or if God exists, what like advice would you tell them? My advice would be to uh, block out just all the negative energy, you know, find out the answers for yourself because you want to. Don't do it because somebody else is telling you to do it, you know, go into it with an open heart, not thinking like a lightning bolt is going to strike out of the roof, you know. Heavenly Father won't talk to us, you know, he won't say something to us, but you, you'll you receive your your answer, you know, whether it be through scriptures or, or, or a lesson in second hour or, you know, um, messages with the elders. You'll find your answer and you just have to go into it with an open heart. You know how, you know, this general conference, um, Elder Gong, I think, Sunday afternoon, he said that converts, you know, go into baptisms with a, with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. You know, you just have to want it. You want to have that that relationship with Heavenly Father. You don't need to have gone through something difficult, like you know, someone passing or something bad happening to you, to have that relationship with Heavenly Father. I feel like a lot of people turn to temptations, or you know, don't turn to outlets that are temporary you know heavenly father isn't temporary heavenly father has always been there for us and he'll continue to be there for us and he has a plan for everybody and he's always watching you and he's watching over you and your family and he's waiting for you you know with open arms and you know it's like a relationship it, it's between two people and he can't do all the work you have to put in the work you have to read your scriptures you have to want to get closer to him especially you know for people our age um you it's especially in our generation right now looking at the way things are you know with social media and everything it's it can be difficult to people to turn to jesus christ you know to turn to our heavenly father and know that he's there for us and don't look for your answer online and don't be influenced by other people you know find your own answer find your own path, stay on your path. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's you and Heavenly Father. And the only person that you should be pleasing is him and yourself. And you should only be doing it for him and yourself. Yo, that was so fire. 
Was it actually? Yeah, that last thing you said, I was <laughs> the like, spirit. Whoa, no, I'm serious. Like, I was like, I couldn't even be like, with like, I couldn't not smile. Oh, I didn't even share where I'm going for my mission. Go, yeah. Where are you going for your mission? <laughs> I was called to serve in the Utah Salt Lake City Temple Square mission. And we're literally like in holiday, like ten minutes away from our mission. So yeah, Cali girl in snow. Whoa, it's gonna be fun. This is, yeah, this is freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. How was that for you first? How how was that for you when you opened your call? <gasps> tell tell a mini story. Tell what happened. Um, when I opened my call, I had decided that I wasn't going on my mission. <laughs> well, when I got my call that day, so like I said, the adversary is always there. You know, I was. Yeah. It was a very back and forth thing for me. And the day that I got it, I was driving to work. I was in the parking lot and I got a text and I saw my phone and my mission call was ready. And I just broke down crying because I had already decided that I wasn't go on, going on my mission. You know, I was going to get a job. Like I was going to keep working, maybe get a second job and move out and just start school. But I called my mom and I told her that I I received my mission call and then it was ready to be viewed. And she just sat there quietly and she told me, you know, do what you think is best. And she told me, no matter what decision I make, she's always going to love me. And Heavenly Father is always going to love me and to just really think about it. And so all day I was staring at my phone and I I was so anxious. And I called my dad after work and I told him, look, don't tell anybody. I got my mission call. I'm going to the temple right now. I just have to sit down and pray and just see what I'm going to do. And then I'm driving to the temple and I get like a call from my aunt and my uncle. So he told people <laughs> that I got yeah. my mission call <laughs> and he knew that I, I was thinking of not going on my mission. And so on my way there, um, my uncle Jeff called me and he gave me amazing advice about a mission. And he told me all about his mission. And, you know, he was telling me, about just the way he viewed me and how much of an amazing missionary I would be and all the lives that I would change and just to remember the feelings that I had. And, you know, that conversation meant a lot to me because, you know, it's, I've had so many, I've, I've been blessed to have so many father figures in my life, like, like Gilbert and Jeff and, you know, my other uncles that, that are now my family. And that conversation meant a lot. And I was sitting under a tree by the temple because obviously I had I couldn't go into the temple yet. And so I sat there and I, I said thank you to him and I cried even more. And I hung up and then I was looking at my phone and I just opened my my call. And I I couldn't get through it without crying. And so then I read Utah, Salt Lake City Temple Square Mission. And I felt so much relief. I felt so much weight lifted off my shoulders. Like I, I like I was going to do it. You know, I had, I knew that I was going to serve my mission. It just felt right. Yeah. It just felt perfect. And then, and then I was reading it and I said, Utah. And then I got upset and I was like, really Utah? I was like, you sent a convert to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, Utah, I like Utah. And, you know, I went through all the emotions of it being Utah, but I'm super grateful. And, you know, God, like Heavenly Father is sending me there for a reason. And, you know, people are waiting for me there. And I just can't wait to change the lives of other people. So cool. What was funny, too, is that my first time visiting Utah, my cousin, Kyle, the one who sent the missionaries over, he took us to Temple Square and um, the conference center to have a little tour. And I 
met a sister there who had her Mexican badge. And I saw all the sisters just standing there, you know, like giving tours and like talking to people. And they were all just so nice. And you can feel their spirit. You can see, you you see them glow. And I was standing there and in my head, I said, if I would, to, if I were to ever serve a mission, I would definitely want to serve here. And what? so I, I had opened my call in a visitor center and I got called to a visitor center no to the way. one where I said I would want to serve. So I'm just so grateful to be there. That's so yeah. cool. Dang, you're going to, we were talking about this the other night, but she's going to be there for like the next couple of general conferences in oh, person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's like so cool. I've already been to two in person. So and oh, I'll be there no for the way. next two in person as well. That's so, and you'll have, you were called Spanish speaking, right? Yes. So I am going to be Spanish speaking on my mission. That's so cool. Will you have the Mexican flag at Temple Square? Yeah. So I'll be Hermana Torres with my Mexican flag. She'll be exciting. That's so exciting. When I got my patriarch blessing, I was sitting there and, you know, he had put his, our, our patriarch had put his hands over me and it was my mom and Gilbert sitting across from me, just staring at me. And as he was saying like everything about my, about me and like who I was and what I'll become. I think the part that made me cry was was about was just like all the generations that I was going to be raising in this church. And I feel like it's I I'm most excited about having a family in the future. And it's just so exciting that I'll be able to raise my kids in this church, you know? And I didn't have that experience to be raised in the church, but I I feel like it's going to be amazing for them. And, you know, I wasn't raised in the church for a reason, but now I'll get to give that opportunity to my kids in the future. That's so cool. Yeah, that's the only part that made me cry. But everything else was, it's it's spot on. Yeah, I was going to say, did did you even know him? No. Did he say things that you're like, how the heck do you know? No, but I've been getting to know him after, like, I've, he's invited me to the temple. I've done proxy ceilings and, um, our patriarch in the ward is amazing. For my endowment, I was so excited that day. People think I'm weird for this, but I was so excited to wear my garments. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's I awesome. I threw my whole closet away and I've only been wearing sweats and hoodies. I don't I can't buy new clothes because I'm about to leave on my mission, but the number one thing that I was most excited about was to wear my garments, you know? To to just have that on me, like on my skin, like as a reminder that I've made this promise and I've made these covenants with Heavenly Father and I get to carry it around with me. I feel like that's so, that's amazing and it's just a strong um, symbol. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I love that. I know. I love so... it so much and people call me weird for it, but I, I literally love it. No, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. It literally just... It's like someone wearing a cross, but ours is so much deeper because we yeah. made a covenant with him to bear the atonement of Jesus Christ with us mm-hmm. all the time. Like, so cool. Yeah. I, I love that you were excited to wear them. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, and being inside the temple, it was honestly amazing. I was quiet the whole time. I was just staring and just looking around and just taking in the moment. Everyone told me to just focus on how I was feeling. And, you know, they asked me if I was nervous or if I had any questions about the temple, you know, before going in. And I and I didn't have any questions. I, I was so sure about it. And I left, like, even more sure that the church was true. And, you know, I when I got endowed, I, I went into the temple without my family, you know, like my mom or my brother, you know, and my dad. 
they didn't get to go in with me, but I was there with my ward members and my family from Utah and their support just felt so much to me. And, you know, I just left, I, I walked out of the temple knowing like that this was going to be the rest of my life, that I made the best decision ever and that this church was true. And, you know, I, all I wanted to do was run out of there and just tell my brothers and my parents how true this church is, you know, and the temple is heaven on earth. And I remember I walked out and I ran up to my mom and we both started sobbing and she was telling me how proud she was of me. And I whispered into her ear that, you know, that I love her and that this was the best decision for us and that the temple is heaven on earth and that the church is so true. And I cannot wait to be by her side for when she goes through the temple and to just be there when she gets sealed to my dad. And then we can all be sealed together and live for all eternity so cool yeah that's so awesome it really is temple is 100 mm -hmm. the closest place we can get to heaven on earth like 100 percent. yeah yeah it the temple has changed my life like crazy so i i i'm sure i know exactly what you're talking about that's amazing yeah, yeah you know you you walk into there like all stressed about your day and like all the problems of the world and you're in there and it just it's all right it all 100 all out one ear you know it's all blocked out and you're just focused in there on heavenly father and you just feel that peace and the fact that everyone in there is on the same level as you is it's amazing too because you don't feel judged you know you're yeah. all there for the same reason 100 percent. yeah yeah it's it's a special place. It is so. Some sometimes I I was like, it almost like was like weird to me how, even on like my worst days or like when I went because I was feeling so down, like I would come out so happy. Yeah. Like and I was always like, like it almost was like weird to me. I was like, how does this happen? Like this is like, there's there's just something so special about temple. Yeah, worship. you like, you come out happy and then you're like, oh back into the real world but right. you get to go back in you know you yeah. get to it, the temples are always there you get to go in there and feel that same way dang that's so cool well thank you so much for sharing that i i loved those those experiences were neat i felt the spirit super strong talking about your patriarchal blessing and the temple just because those are two really sacred things and especially you talking about the temple like those like I can't even put into words like how important that is to me, like the temple and people knowing what the temple is. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, and it means a lot to me that, you know, that like it is heaven on earth and how, how much it can do for your life. Like, that's why it's so yeah. important to get in there often and not just take, because there was a talk this last general conference talking about that people take it for granted, yeah, take yeah. it for granted just because it's close by and like, they just don't realize it's li literal heaven on earth and how, mm -hmm. like what miracles and blessings it can provide for your life. If you go once a week, like. Or, yeah. or, or as often as you can, right? It's like a concern that my mom shared. She said, like, how can you receive your answer? Like, how do you know if you've received your answer after you've prayed? And, you know, for me, as, for me personally, I, ha I get a feeling. Like, I get a warm feeling or a happy feeling or, or, you know, like, I just, like how I said with my baptism, like, it's that it's the savior hugging me with a warm blanket. It's that same feeling when that I get whenever I get my answer. And I remember the elders explaining to my mom that everyone's answers come differently. You know, it can be through scriptures or or a video that you're watching, or it can be a feeling or or a lesson, or just like, you know, during second hour, you know, you 
you just have to wait for your answer in a way kind of you know your answer the way you receive your answer won't be the same as somebody else Hmm. like that's like when i prayed about my mission i remember it was i think two in the morning and i kneeled down i was so frustrated because i didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. so i kneeled down and i'm praying to heavenly father and i'm just asking him to please help me like i'm trying the best i can and i don't know whether a mission would be good for me you know and i i didn't kneel down fast i was it was slow you know i was perfectly fine and i closed my eyes and i started praying and my head started spinning like i was going like circles like fast motions you know when i was praying about my mission and then i was just i i didn't stop praying i kept praying and then i i ended my prayer and i opened my eyes and it stopped and then like i stood up to see like maybe like i was i was sick or something but i was perfectly fine i wasn't swaying or anything what yeah like what do you think did, did you, like, I, I i was so confused i was like was it a lot of good spinning or a bad spinning <laughs> like yeah what? am i supposed to take that as a good answer or a bad answer so what have you what do you take that as now a good answer yeah that's awesome yeah i that's really cool yeah, i think crazy like your first kind of big experience was when you felt a baptism that the savior was wrapping around mm-hmm. you right and then what's cool is people can use that first like for example you can use that first time you felt that spirit to recognize the spirit in the future yeah right and i think the more that we involve ourselves with the savior and god and do these things the more we'll be able to recognize the spirit in our lives and so like your mom for example like yeah like as she continues to just have spiritual experiences she'll be able to recognize them more you yeah. know what i mean and, and know when god's answering your prayers because the first time can be hard sometimes mm-hmm. or even the first couple times because you're like not very used to having the spirit in your life yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? So, no, this was this was so cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, really, it felt the spirit strong tonight. And this has been Conversion to Christ podcast. Um, we are super grateful we had Samantha on. And everyone pray for her and wish her a happy mission. You can and come visit me. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyone listening can go to Temple Square and speak Spanish to her. Um, but this has been Conversion to Christ podcast. We will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Where's that coming? There we go. Let's go. That was so good. Good job. I feel like I talked so much. That's good. They shouldn't be me like the whole time.